0: Joining us now in the program is Mitchell Benson. He is the News Service Director of University Communications and is one of the numerous people we rely upon this program to put you in touch with what's going on here at UC Davis. In this case, uh, Mr. Benson was involved with the visit by Hewell Hauser to UC Davis and can tell us all about it. We hope we will do so now. Uh, Mitchell Benson, welcome to Radio Parallax.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Mitchell, we got to take a minute to explain what the UC Davis News Service does for people because, you know, we really rely on you guys uh, week to week.
1: Sure. Um, the News Service is the public information communications arm of the campus. We have uh, a staff of 10 professionals here. Uh, we do everything from write, edit, and publish Dateline, which is the staff-faculty newspaper for the campus that circulates around 13,000 issues every week, uh, we also do two broadcast news pieces every week for KBIE tv in Sacramento, uh, and we also have a staff of public information officers here that handle inquiries from the news media, trying to hook up with experts in different fields, and we also uh, pr- prepare and distribute press releases on the people, places, and things, and research of this campus that th- we think are, would be of interest to in the
0: news media. Well... We here at Radio Parallax, and I know the good folks over at uh, KXJZ rely upon you, so uh, we want to thank you for your good work. Thank you. Um, Hauser came to visit, I guess, a couple of weeks back, and you were involved in uh, his, his walking about the campus with a camera crew. Uh, what, uh, what did you guys go visit?
1: Well, it was a, it was a fascinating uh, experience and a real enjoyable opportunity. Uh, I'll tell you, first of all, for your listeners who aren't familiar with Hauser, he obviously has a very... Dedicated and devoted following. I can't tell you how many times he had to stop rolling tape because people were interrupting him to shake his hand, to pat him on the <laughs> back, to ask for an autograph. Uh, it was actually quite a kick, and uh, Yule was pretty good humored about it about the entire afternoon, entire morning and afternoon. Yule is sort of an um, icon on public television. He does uh, several different shows, but uh, it's basically the same technique in every every instance in which he travels around the state with a microphone and a videographer and he just goes to places that uh, you and I would be interested in visiting and he takes us there via video and lets us know that if we do go there, this is what we'll find interesting and enjoyable. We were very fortunate that you'll want to do something about the Davis area and uh, he contacted my news service here and what I did is I brought our staff together and we came up with as many good ideas as we could think of that would be attractions on this campus that would be open to the public. Again, Yule's whole thing is he doesn't want to find out about some research project that you and I could never see if we were just, you know, driving through the Davis area on a, on a, uh, on a visit. He wanted things that were available to the public on a day-to-day basis. And uh, our list uh, that we put together was so compelling for Yule that he decided to dedicate his entire hour-long show that's called a road trip to Davis, And I'm told, uh, talking to folks at his production company as well as at KVI-TV, that this is the first time that has ever dedicated an entire episode of any of his shows, either half hour or hour long, to one UC or CSU campus. So we're excited about it. We're very proud about that.
0: Well, smartly done. In reading your summary of, of the event here on, on the web, uh, I was attracted to the fact that, the, I didn't know this, the Bohart Museum... At UCD is North America's seventh largest insect collection overall and the third largest among universities.
1: It's a fascinating place, and uh, I personally am not a fan of touching live <laughs> insects, but I guess Huell was, and uh, he seemed to enjoy both the Madagascar hissing cockroaches as well as the Vietnamese walking stick. And uh, in the piece that, uh, that airs Thursday night, uh, you'll see Huell uh, playing around with these these uh, insects, unlike uh, anything I would care to do, but um, he was a good sport, and um, these were some of the live insects in the museum. Uh, to be sure, the the, uh, the the large majority of the collection are insects that are you know in uh, in file cabinets and displays, uh, but those two are also available to the public on a on a Monday through Friday nine to five basis.
0: Well, every picnic day, I've, I've, I've run into a few of those Madagascar hiss, hissing cockroaches, and they seem to be about the size of chihuahuas, so they're, yeah. there. they're definitely not for everyone. That's true. <laughs> um, and you guys, of course, made a trip out to the Arboretum.
1: That was the thing that was so impressive to Yule that we ended up actually making three different stops at the Arboretum. We went to the, um, the Shields Oak Grove, we went to the Redwood Grove, and we also went to the new Terrace Garden that is just um, uh, the other side of Borders Books. Uh, in, the, in the little shopping center uh, in Davis, and uh, he was really impressed with it. It was a beautiful day. Uh, we were in the Redwood Grove as the sun was rising over the trees, and uh, it created for some spectacular colors in the piece that will be airing uh, uh, on, on PBS.
0: Davis is considered by many to be the bicycle capital of the United States, and he certainly did not uh, did not miss that aspect of Davis. Not
1: at all. He, um, we, we had a fun time. Uh, we stood at an intersection right by one of the many traffic circles on campus where bicycles are going basically five directions at once. Uh, we stood there between 11 and noon one day to catch the traffic during class breaks, and uh, he got a kick out of that, and he spent some time talking to the... Uh, the manager of the Bike Barn, uh, it, which is a remarkable facility, if anyone has a chance to stop by, uh, I think they do something like 10,000 repairs a year. It's a uh, one of the busiest bike shops in the country, and uh, it is in an old dairy barn, keeping in the you know the Aggie tradition of UC Davis. And uh, uh, at the end of the uh, the piece he did on on bicycling, he hopped on a bike himself, and uh, as he pointed out, this the uh, the bike trail uh, bike path was absolutely empty when he got on and he said basically that you know I'm uh, I'm smart enough to know not to get on a bike on this campus when there are other bicycles running so uh, but he, he enjoyed that
0: <laughs> I think the most surprising thing for me was to, that he apparently went to the Segundo Dining Commons and raved about it what, what's that all about
1: well it's a uh, it's it's uh, my single most favorite place on campus I have uh, earned some notoriety or or uh, or fame for nicknaming it the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, they have phenomenal food quality, and it's set up like a food court at a, at a fancy uh, shopping mall. There are uh, several stations throughout the Segundo Dining Commons, and anyone can come in off the street, and for a very reasonable amount of money, I forget, it's somewhere between 6 and $8, you can have an all-you-can-eat buffet, basically uh... and the quality is excellent and it's everything from hamburgers and vegan burgers to uh, korean uh... barbecue uh... fresh pizza tamales uh... it's just a remarkable uh, array of food fresh salad bar sandwich bars uh, and uh... soft serve yogurt or ice cream it's, it's uh... it's place that you uh... you eat and you pile up the plates I, i've been known to be a five-plater myself. I, I look forward to someday doing six plates there. I've never... I'm not in training yet, but I hope to do it someday. And Yule, bless his heart, did go for not one but two rounds of fish tacos that he raved about throughout the rest of the afternoon.
0: Well, I'm astonished in doing this show for five years. I've somehow missed this resource at UCD, but I can assure you that I'm going I'm I'm to get, get up to speed on this one. Good idea. Uh, you went out to the horse barn.
1: Yeah, we met a couple of uh, very nice students there and saw some Beautiful, beautiful horses. It's uh, again. This is another one of these spots on campus that's open to the public. You can bring your kids there, show them these these beautiful animals that are, for the most part, very well behaved, very gentle. And um, he enjoyed. Um, while the Segundo Dining Commons was uh, some place he really enjoyed, and he certainly felt the Arboretum was the best spot on campus. I think he enjoyed talking to the students at the horse barn the most. He spent the most time chatting with them, these Hmm. uh, animal science students.
0: I don't know much about the UC Davis Meat Lab, but I guess if I watch the program, I'll learn quite a bit about it. Well, the the Meat
1: Lab wasn't part of the show. The the Meat Lab, uh, we we put the Meat Lab on our website that we're using to promote the show Ah. because uh, we felt that there were some things he couldn't get to that we still felt were of interest to the public. And that's how we have... Uh, the Meat Lab, the Botanical Conservatory, and the Robert Arneson Eggheads are all three things on our campus that we think that if you're interested in spending a day at UC Davis, uh, then these are three spots you might want to see that didn't make it into Huell's tour nor into his TV show.
0: Well, we hope to speak in a moment uh, to uh, Dr. Bill Ferrier from the California Raptor Center, a place we've been meaning to talk about for some time. But just just briefly, how did Hewell's visit with the Raptor uh, Center go?
1: Well, the most amazing thing about the visit to the Raptor Center was um, we were there purely by coincidence on a day when they were releasing a a raptor into the wild that uh, had been there for recuperation after it had suffered some sort of injury. I can't remember. I think it had a broken wing or some some such injury that required surgery. This particular raptor was recuperating at the Raptor Center uh, for a while, and when we got there. Uh, someone from the Raptor Center said, hey, would you by any chance be interested in watching us release a bird back into the wild? Well, of course, his eyes lit up, and uh, we then walked about 100 yards behind the Raptor Center out on a levee, and with the help of some students who uh, do a lot of the work at the Raptor Center, we got to see a beautiful, beautiful bird get released back into the wild after its treatment and recovery. Uh, at uc davis and it was a phenomenal sight. i'd never seen anything like it with my own eyes before and luckily for the viewers of this show um uh... Huell and his videographer captured the magnificence of this of this bird taking off and flying up into the sky it's it's uh... to me it was it's worth the price of admission of this <laughs> entire piece
0: i'm really looking forward to seeing that on kvi here at eight o'clock that that alone does sound like it's worth the price of admission Mitchell, last question I have, it's something I know nothing about, uh, the C. N. Gorman Museum. I, I don't know anything about this. What, what, is, what is it?
1: It's a, it's a beautiful museum that, um, that has uh, uh, Native American art, and the idea is to... Uh, there, there are a lot of Native American museums out there that focus on historical Native American art, and one of the things that um, they try to show at the C. N. Gorman Museum is a little bit more modern art and also art from the local region. So it's something that has a, a nice mix of, of paintings and sculpture and um, something that will, from time to time, highlight local artists, which is one of the nice touches uh, uh, about the museum.
0: So Mitchell, any final words for us?
1: I guess the only thing I'd want to add is that we put together a beautiful uh, web page on Ewellhauser's visit to UC Davis, And if you go to ucdavis.edu, www.ucdavis.edu, you'll see uh, a big picture on our campus homepage of Yule and the two folks at the C.N. Gorman Museum. And just click on that picture, and that'll take you right to uh, a nice package of um, stories and tips we put together on how you too can take the same tour of campus that Yule Hauser did. And as I said earlier, we threw in a couple of places that, that Yule didn't get to that you might want to try
0: on your own. Excellent. Well, Mitchell Benson, director of the UC Davis News Service, we appreciate your speaking with us. We would have liked to have, uh, to have uh, spoken to Mr. Hauser, but you filled in very admirably for him. And uh, we'll try, we're going to try and get him on in the future. Maybe you can pull some strings for us.
1: I'll do the best I can. I think you'd get a kick out of him. And thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
0: Well, you're very welcome, and thanks again for the good work you do over at the UC Davis News Service. Thanks a lot. All right. We've been meaning on this program to visit uh, the Raptor Center for some time. We haven't made it out there yet, uh, and so that Huell Hauser has beaten us to the punch on this one. We will do better in the future, and we'd like to start by bringing you someone who uh, is from UC Davis' Raptor Center. That'd be Dr. Bill Ferrier. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Dr. Ferrier.
2: Thank you, Doug. Nice to talk to you.
0: Now, you guys have been out there uh, saving these injured uh, birds of prey for quite some time.
2: We have. You know, the Raptor Center started originally in 1971 when a grad student at the time named Alita Morzente um, had an injured Swainson hawk that was presented to her. And she went to Dr. Frank Ogasawara, professor emeritus who's now deceased, uh, uh, regard, regarding uh, starting a Raptor Center because she felt like there should be a place on campus where these birds could go. So Dr. Ogasawara and Alita co founded the Raptor Center, and at that time, It was um, actually over near the university airport, and then subsequently it moved uh, south of campus off of Old Davis Road and uh, became part of the veterinary school um, in the 80s under Dr. Murray Fowler, and um, since then has remained with the veterinary school, and we see quite a few injured birds per year and rehabilitate as many as we can so that we can get them released back into the wild.
0: And from what I read, you were able to do that with about uh, 60% of the birds.
2: That's correct. Uh, we, we see about 250 uh, wild birds per year and release about 60% of them, and we use a lot of different techniques to do that. Some um, falconry methods actually um, are used to get these birds uh, in shape and release back into the wild, and we certainly need to give a lot of credit uh, to the veterinary school because the veterinary school is responsible for... Um, doing the initial medical care for the birds, Um, for example, if they have a fractured wing, fractured leg, um, they're cared for um, medically at the teaching hospital, and then they go back to the raptor center for rehabilitation, and then subsequent release into the wild.
0: What type of injury brings these birds to you? I know in the old days, uh, in the bad old days, people in the Bay Area where I grew up uh, would use birds of prey for target practice. Are they shot a lot of times, or what, what brings them in?
2: You bet. I mean, almost anything. Um, I think that the most common thing that we see at the raptor center are these raptors that have been, have been impacted by mankind. So, yes, some of them do get shot. They get hit by cars. Um, a lot of the baby birds get displaced from their nests, uh, for example, from development. Um, mm-hmm. And we um, always get, in the springtime, Swainson hawks in that have been displaced from their nest for one reason or another. The most common bird that we see are um, baby barn owls, mm. um, and that's certainly um, the most common species that we see, and again, they're birds that have fallen out of a nest for whatever reason um, and then find their way to the raptor center where we raise them in family units and get them released back into the wild.
0: Well, Dr. Ferrier, we don't have a lot of time today, but I I would like to, in the future, travel out the Raptor Center, take the microphone out and describe what we see, because uh, visually it's quite impressive what you have in some of the cages.
2: Well, thanks, Doug, and we certainly welcome having you come out anytime. Uh, Just give me a holler, and and I'll meet you out there and and give you a tour. You know, we have a lot of new things happening out there right now. We have a new cage that's currently being built, and we're doing a capital campaign right now trying to raise enough money to uh, finish the cage, because the one thing that we don't get... Um, is operational expenses and we rely on the community which has been very generous in the past to support us uh, to um, build the new cages that we need and, and I look forward to um, having you come out and see what's happening out there.
0: Very good and I think I'll take this moment to kind of give you give the phone number for the California Raptor Center which is 530-752-6091.
2: You bet and if, uh, folks can do a self-guided tour Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 and we're open Saturday mornings as well.
0: Well, Dr. Bill Ferrier, thank you for speaking with us, and we we do plan to uh, to visit again.
2: Great, uh, Doug. Nice talking to you.
0: I'm Douglas Everett. And you're listening to Radio Parallax. We have got plenty more in Segment C, so stick around.